Hi everyone and welcome back to Bath Bomb. I'm Millie. I'm Glenn. And I'm Lucy. And this is your weekly news catch-up at the University of Bath. We'll be covering what you need to know about what's been going on this week from the serious to the silly. On today's episode we'll be talking about the outcomes of mass student testing as everyone travels home for Christmas and vaccines coming to town. Then Lucy has some reflections on national coverage of the student mental health crisis, some news on potential new student accommodation in Bath, Christmas marquees on campus, a very sad story about a big issue seller in Green Park Station and finally we'll be covering the royal visit to Bath this week. First of all, in some really important and non-Bath related news, I have been absolutely loving Taylor Swift's new album this week. It was already a dream that she released an album in the summer and now another one. We've had two lockdowns this year and two Taylor Swift albums and in my opinion I think that that's perfect. I feel like it's sort of justifiable to have two lockdowns given that we've had such amazing music from her. My personal favourite songs have been Willow, Tis the Damn Season and Marjorie. I know that you're a Taylor Swift fan. Millie what do you think about the album? Yeah, I like Marjorie too. It's really emotional. Like, that's a sad one. Because um, I think Marjorie's her grandma, I believe. Um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. And that was nice news. That really picked me up this week. I've been a, in a bit of a hole with two exams and deadlines. And when I saw that, I could see the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like the same way that the um the first Taylor Swift album was sort of like the soundtrack of the summer this is going to be like the soundtrack of Christmas so I'm really really happy about it. Did I hear you right there Lucy that you said that the Taylor Swift album almost justifies lockdown? <laughs> it's all worthwhile? I'm not saying that I would want to do lockdown again but I'm just saying if Taylor Swift can create another masterpiece in a lockdown period I wouldn't be opposed to it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, not a, not a massive fan of uh, Taylor Swift myself or it taking up the airtime on our podcast but it does um, this week work out quite well uh, to lead into my first uh, quirky story um, which is, and I'm just scrolling to it now, uh, so yeah we're pulling this one from the depths of um, the tabs website um, as they often do reposting and rehashing content uh, on Facebook uh, but it, it was actually a five-year-old piece but anyway um, a then Lancaster student is said to look a lot like Taylor Swift and has grown a significant following on Instagram as a result. Uh, Laura uh, said that a lot of people think she looks like the singer uh, and is often approached for pictures and autographs and has even been offered jobs as an impersonator uh, but does not see the likeness herself. She was quite humble uh, in the article. Uh, even when she talks to people in her very British accent, strangers do not accept uh, that she is not the world famous American singer. Would either of you guys take up jobs as Taylor Swift lookalikes? Is that something you'd go for? Um, I feel like even if I did look like her, I wouldn't want to be an impersonator just because I love her so much and I feel like it would sort of cross the line of me being like one of those creepy crazy fans um, but I mean go Laura that's great that people think she looks like Taylor Swift what a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I've googled this now um, Glenn as you were talking and she looks very similar also she takes it upon herself like to dress up and do the look and do the lipstick and the fringe there's a lot of likeness, yeah. Yeah, so as much as she's being humble, she's um, she's going for it. Yeah, she's convincing for sure. 
on the yeah on the first picture i thought it was her standing next to taylor swift and it was like a bit of a dodgy look-alike um but it isn't it is actually her she looks a heck of a lot like taylor swift um i'll send you the link afterwards lucy and i'm sure you can you can stalk her on instagram in your own time oh, um, <laughs> moving on should we get to the um more important stories of the week um right so as I'm sure many listeners are aware this week was the government's recommended student travel window and of course we had the mass testing available here in Bath to allow students to know their Covid status before confidently travelling home to loved ones and honestly the results of this testing is the good news we have been overdue for a very long time. The number of positive tests among the university community has been very low. The seven day rolling average is currently 1.9 new cases each day when we compare that to October, we were looking at around 30 each day. So it's clear that the November lockdown has worked from that point of view. And the national picture is also similar to what we see here in Bath with a very low COVID prevalence among students across the board at the moment, which is obviously excellent news for everyone. And hopefully it means that as students return home for Christmas holidays, we'll avoid the spikes that we saw in the autumn when we had that same mass migration. The other essential news has, of course, been the vaccine this week, which is being rolled out, starting with the most vulnerable in society. Personally, I found that it's given me a lot of hope. The world feels a lot less heavy now that we have that light at the end of the tunnel that we can actually see in reality. But of course, it's still a long road ahead. In local news, Bath Racecourse is set to become a mass coronavirus vaccination centre. Um, there's been some discussion of access problems to the site as it's not accessible by public transport. But Bath Racecourse's website says a taxi from the city centre costs around £10. On race days, they offer a £5 shuttle bus, which there is talk of setting up a similar one. And it's also possible to arrive by helicopter. So if that tickles anyone's fancy, then they have the helipad ready and waiting. Sign me up, it can land in uh, my massive estate that I have in my student house and my acres and acres of land uh, and fly me up there. What a glamorous way to go. Um, I'm so pleased to hear about the vaccine. Honestly, it, as you say, Millie, it literally feels like a light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't actually think that we'd be getting it so soon. It feels like it really, really has been so uh, quickly that all of this has been passed through and it's been, you know, going through the process of giving it to elderly and vulnerable people. But I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so pleased. It, even though we do have a long way to go and there, you know, the government have been saying that through January, February, March, there will be a lot of mass testing even just the idea that within a year we might have returned to some amount of normality is so um, positive and I think is really going to uplift the spirits of everyone within the country, but especially the elderly who are particularly vulnerable and I think students who um, have been suffering badly with uh, mental health problems. Definitely, it is, it is very much that light at the end of the tunnel and it's going to, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how long it takes for it to roll out and have to have a, a substantial effect, but I, for one, maybe unreasonably, have still got my fingers crossed for summer ball, um, but we'll see. That would be good. Yeah, cautiously yeah. optimistic. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, in uh, this week, the BBC reported that a survey carried out by the National Union of Students suggests that more than 50% of students um, believe that there has been a decline in their mental health since the COVID pandemic began. 
Students reported suffering with anxiety, depression, stress and loneliness, yet only a fifth of those surveys said that they had sought out mental health support. Uh, the BBC story mentioned two students who'd had a very tough time at university, with one student in London having no one to speak to except staff at the reception of his accommodation. Similarly, another student from Newcastle had to return home to study remotely as a result of her worsening mental health. Um, I think this story is really very sad, but unfortunately it confirms what I think a lot of us thought would be the case. This term at university has been a very hard one, especially for first years, so I'm not surprised that so many students have been struggling. I really hope that this um, survey opens up conversation with universities, with students, and um, hopefully there's action taken for the future of COVID at university, whether that means that for the rest of the year uh, lectures are going to be online, or even just ensuring that students have people to talk to when they're alone in their accommodation. Yeah, definitely. I think we we saw this coming in, and universities start coming to an extent as well, um, with our university putting on that 24-hour helpline and things like that as well. And I think we said on this podcast, we'd reveal that we are currently doing a bit of a documentary. Um, we are investigating um, a lot of things around coronavirus and uh, life at university this year, but particularly digging into um, the mental health of Bath students. Uh, hopefully we can we can get some more information on this survey uh, in that, and there'll be some other fun facts and stories coming out in that as well. Yeah, as Glenn was saying, hopefully in the next few months, uh, we'll have some data to share and stories um, about the mental health crisis here at Bath. If anyone has experiences they feel would be valuable to share, then of course we're always open and would love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, even before we have the data to support it, we can all be sure anecdotally at the end, that it definitely has been a rise among students of declining mental health unsurprisingly um yeah just a question of hopefully getting support in place both preventative and reactionary is that what you call it um yeah so that people have the support as and when they need it definitely T tough semester i think a lot of us are glad it's over um but yeah fingers crossed for for semester two next story <laughs> right um so Construction plans for a new block of student accommodation have again caused mediocre uproar. Uh, and as to be expected, we have a Somerset Live. Uh, we have Somerset Live back to make a mountain from that molehill. Uh, the £10 million project seeks to redevelop an abandoned industrial building on Lower Bristol Road and includes 121 student flats as well as a headquarters for Bath Charity Mercy in Action. As Somerset Live reports, dozens of people object to the plan, with a grand total of 36 filing this view on Council's planning website. The Federation of Bath Residents uh, Association, a group not known for its understanding and familiarity with student issues, claim that there is no demand uh, for the property and more student accommodation, uh, but the non-profit should be allowed to stay. And diving into the comment section here, uh, readers appear to be conflicted on the story with the removal and redesign of a large abandoned warehouse and a brighter future for a charity that supports those in need across the Philippines on one hand and more housing for students on the other. Uh, they can't seem to make too much sense of it all um, but that's where we are um, there's been plenty of these stories with um, residents getting a little bit riled up um, about um, students having nice housing. Maybe a little bit of a sarcastic overview there but that's where I'm at with it. We've seen plenty of those stories. No surprises there. If again, 
getting clicks from um, students having nice houses. Fair game to them. That's what they got to do. Take the floor, Lucy. Thanks. <laughs> I do have to say, I there is some really nice housing in Bath, especially like all the new developments, like the depot, which is um, just at the beginning of Oldfield as you turn in. That's a really nice place to live. And from what I've seen of like the architectural plans for these new student flats, it does look really lovely. Obviously, I know Bath is a very expensive place, so you can't expect um, cheap accommodation. But I do hope that if the plans do go ahead, that the accommodation is more affordable because it, I do think that there there is really, really a problem in Bath with such expensive um, housing. I think that it not only um, you know drives out students in the sense that people don't want to necessarily come to Bath because they know they can't afford the housing prices, but I also think that that means that the, the locals um, have an issue with us because they see that we're essentially driving up rent costs. Um, so yeah, I really, I really hope that there isn't an issue with this. I do hope it goes ahead because I think there is definitely a need for student accommodation in Bath. But yeah, um, this might be, you know, overly optimistic to say, but hopefully there is a, a way that it can be made affordable for students living in the area. Yeah, it's a really good point, Lucy. Hopefully uh, this is opportunity for an intervention in whether that is rent caps or regulation or whatever the solution is. I'm not well versed in what are the, the best practices um, in how you resolve that crisis of pricing. But yeah, definitely needs to be addressed. I think that's it. I'm not sure there are any easy solutions. Um, and while, while the kind of proposal here and the idea is that buildings like this take students out of homes of multiple occupancy within the city and within uh, you know, classically residential communities um, that doesn't follow through in practice because these these buildings, these developments are substantially more expensive um, than the already expensive properties that you know that we're living in that are just you know in the city. Um, and, and yeah, I'm I'm not sure certainly aren't the solution to lowering pricing, um, and I'm I'm not sure there is one to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's scary, isn't it, that prices seem to jump up about fifty pounds a month every year. Um, I'm not a fan, but we'll see. We'll see if anyone manages to make any change or if it stops at around a thousand pound a week. Who knows? Um, in more festive news, on Friday, the 11th of December, the University of Bath announced on Instagram that Chan the Chancellor's Green Marquee has been transformed into a winter wonderland. Um, this space was created to ensure that socially distanced activities could still take place on campus during COVID, um, has table tennis ta and table football for students to use, alongside some really lovely Christmas lights and Christmas trees that students can also put notes on. Uh, the university said there'll be lots of different activities taking place in the marquee over the Christmas holidays. Uh, for example, there'll be Christmas card making for vulnerable adults, um, classes on na making nature-inspired Christmas decorations, and also board games. Um, while the marquee certainly will bring a smile to those who are staying on campus over the Christmas holidays, I was slightly confused as to why the festive decorations weren't put up sooner. So at the time of recording, Bath has been out of lockdown for 10 days, meaning that more students would have been able to use a festive space had it been put together earlier. And especially since the COVID regulations are still quite tough in Bath, which is in tier two, I think it would have been a really nice way for students to get together and spend some time with their flatmates um, on campus. But there we go. It's still a really lovely gesture from the University of Bath to those who aren't able to go home over Christmas. I think that's it, isn't it? A little bit, a little bit too late. 
Um, really nice for everyone staying over Christmas, but also would have been there was no reason this couldn't have been done ten days earlier to give some um, some of those first year students who've had such a tough semester just a you know a nice little reward, a different place to hang out um, in their final days in Bath. But anyway, well done for putting some trees up, University of Bath. Cynical. <laughs> <laughs> I have another festive story. Um, so, and I, I bring this one to you from Somerset Live, Glenn's favourite, so thank you to Somerset Live. Poundland shoppers claim they are humiliated by the festive alert at the self-service checkout. So Poundland's uh, till alerts have not got all sh shoppers into the Christmas spirit. The national chain added humorous twist to its self-service tills this Christmas, with the automated voice replaced by Father Christmas. One shopper who had their card declined was mortified as the till announced it was rejected before singing a tune. A video of the recording was shared on TikTok where it has been viewed nearly 150,000 times. In the video, Father Christmas can be heard warning, card not accepted, is it on the naughty list? Because I'm checking it twice, I'm going to find out who's naughty or nice before singing Santa Claus is coming to town. There's been outrage on Twitter and TikTok with people saying they're humiliated, um, understandably so. So wherever you are, in Bath or otherwise, if there's a Poundland local to you, maybe drop by and check it out. But perhaps it's wise to take cash to avoid any any risky announcements from the till. That's awful. <laughs> That's really bad. Um, it's embarrassing enough getting your card declined. Never mind of Santa taking the cover view in front of everyone shopping around you. Yeah, I think it's not I it's not it's bad timing for Poundland PR because I also saw as I walked past uh the one in Bath yesterday, they had a sign on the outside saying that there's a Channel 4 series starting on Monday called Inside Poundland or something similar. So that's not great timing that this TikTok um is bringing shame to Poundland and its customers just as they're about to go on Channel 4. But we'll see. Any big Poundland fans can um, let us know how that is. I'm slightly confused about who thought this was a good idea. I mean, the, the premise of it, you know, having Father Christmas speak at the tills is quite funny. You know, like, oh, do you need an extra bag? Like, uh, remove the uh, uh, the item from the scales. Like, that is quite funny. However, like, to announce to the whole shop that your card's not been accepted, I feel like no matter what country you're in, obviously, I English people are, you know, very conservative about talking about money in particular, but I feel like no matter where you are, no one wants everyone in the shop to know that your card's been declined. I feel like it's more understandable if you're a student because other students around you will sort of look at you and be like, yeah, you know, that, that happens to all of us. But I, I, I can't really see anyone else finding it amusing. So, yeah, a bit of a strange one from Poundland. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how that got through their their controls and their management. But apparently a Poundland spokesman told The Mirror, Santa took time out of his very busy schedule to do this. Our seasonal checkout voices range from Elvis to Yoda and are part of what makes Poundland Poundland. We haven't lost our sense of humour despite this being an unusual year. There's sense of humour. And then there's running with that sense of humour. It would be absolutely fine if it announced you need a bag or please put your card in. But uh, surely Poundland recognises that it shouldn't call people out who have their card declined, especially in the current climate. People are struggling financially. They are Poundland after all. Um, you know, 
I'd imagine this is a an idea that was born of, you know, some wealthy guy sat in an office who thought, I know what will be a laugh. Um, who obviously, if his card is ever declined, then it's a bit of a giggle. Um, but for other people, that's, you know, that's really serious. Quite out of touch with your everyday apartment shopper, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know whether they've removed it in light of this TikTok. Um, yeah, maybe if people swing by, they can let us know. But yeah, uh, an interesting PR decision for sure. So yeah, devastating news um, from the city this week. Somerset Live reported that a big issue vendor uh, has been victim to an assault in Bath that left, it, that left him severely injured and unconscious at the end of last month. Mr Buchan, however, um, remained optimistic and cheery following the attack and was grateful for the support of residents who, through a crowdfunding campaign, uh, raised a total of £4,000 to fund a safe place for him to recover. The injury is expected to take 12 weeks uh, to recover from, uh, impacting Mr Buchan's ability to work, uh, but he says that the money crowdfunded will enable him to take time off uh, to relax and recuperate. Uh, Mr Buchan said to Somerset Live that he hopes people will be kinder to homeless people uh, reading this and realising how they're treated, uh, but also homeless can happen so easily to anyone and how lucky they are to have a roof over their head. Um, so quite a tragic story and, and can remind you of, you know, what, what can go on in Bath. Um, you know, it's not the perfect city um, defined by, you know, Jane Austen and fancy buildings um, all of the time. Um, but, you know, incredible to see the community pull together uh, and support him through that, that really, you know, difficult time after such a horrific attack. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Um, the, the crowdfunding response I feel like these these stories have taken on even greater significance in 2020. Like it's even more heartwarming to see the community supporting each other and reaching out. In I know homelessness figures across the board have really increased this year, um, with lots of families um, losing their homes during the pandemic. Um, so yeah, I mean this completely breaks my heart, but. As he says to Somerset Live, you hope it's part of a attitude shift and a kindness shift. Like people, some people say it's overused. The whole be kind movement. I don't think that can ever be too publicised. Um, yeah, yeah. You hope people remember not just in the festive period, but beyond, especially throughout the whole winter, which is such a challenging time for homeless people. Um, yeah, you hope this. This has an impact and people don't just forget overnight. Definitely, especially as students leave in Bath. We should add at the end here that um, there's a few homeless charities in Bath that you can go and support. Um, but back in 2019, I believe, uh, we worked with Julian House on a story. You can check that out on the Bath Town website. Um, and they're an incredible charity that offer a, a, a whole range of support. Um, from careers advice and skills development to emergency housing and more long-term housing as well. Um, so yeah, check that out and, and if you can afford it um, over Christmas, we'd obviously encourage you to support um, homeless charities anywhere, anywhere um, particularly these ones in Bath. The students are, you know, up and leaving. On the complete other side of the coin, there was much excitement on Tuesday when the 
Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, William and Kate visited Bath as part of their 1,250-mile tour on the Royal Train. They arrived at Bath's bus station and then made their way to Cleve Court Care Home in Twerton, where they waved to the residents from a safe distance and thanked key workers for their immense contributions during this challenging year. Trisha Davies, the head of service at Bath and Northeast Somerset Council's residential care homes, said they acted on all public health England guidelines and had the appropriate safety measures in place um, and that this royal visit has been a real highlight for the care home residents in a year where there have not been many of those highlights. There was some anxiety um, among certain groups about a royal visit encouraging groups crowds to gather together, people eager to catch a glimpse of a couple, but as far as I can tell their their schedule for this royal tour wasn't publicised or shared in advance, so in fact not many people knew they were coming to Bath, which of course reduces the numbers gathering, which is important um, while we're still in tier two, social distancing and all of that. I'm actually really um pleased that you said that Millie because I didn't realize um that they were coming to Bath and at first I was very upset I was speaking to my parents about it um I am a bit of a royalist so I was yeah I was really sad to miss the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge but yeah no that is a very good point well made yeah their route wasn't shared or publicized and that's just as well because there would have been idiots like me gathering in the masses waving our flags shouting and screaming about how much we love them. So you know what, definitely a good thing that they didn't share it. But um, no, it has been a really, really nice thing that they've been doing this royal tour. And um, I hadn't even considered that they'd be coming to Bath, but it's so, so lovely that they did. And um, even people who aren't really big fans of the royal family, I think everyone can definitely see that it's brought, you know, a smile to the faces of people in our community in Bath and around the country as well. So yeah, that's a really nice story to share. Have we reached the end of our of this week's podcast i think we have it is that it i think so yeah that is everything uh thank you so much for listening to this episode of bath bomb and thank you for tuning in to us so far we've really really enjoyed making this podcast if you have any tips if you have any stories that you want to share with us then please do um look after yourselves over the christmas period and ensure please ensure that you're being safe with friends and family we'll be back in the new year and we can't wait to start recording again but thank you for listening Thanks, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I was on mute, I missed it. Hello, thanks for making it to the end of this week's Bath Bomb. I hope you've enjoyed our company, whatever you're up to. As always, if you have any thoughts or reactions to this week's news or the episode, please do get in touch with us via Bath Time on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter or you could send us an email at su-media-officer at bath.ac.uk. And if you hear of anything going on that you think we should chat about next week, then please do let us know. We're very friendly people, I promise. Equally, if our rambling sound like fun and you'd like to get involved with student media, then we would really love to have you. And we're always open to new members, whatever your interests are. So speak soon and have a lovely week. Bye.